Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that shit on everything. Hey, Craig. Hey Jeff, uh, finally we're back. Oh buddy, we are back. Nothing Ooh. has happened. Nothing has happened in the time we have been gone. It's just been quiet because it's summer. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's how it, that's how it typically goes. And then you know we have media day, and you know typically we get some manufactured storylines. Except this year, there's actual storylines. So yeah, well, and. Uh, in case you're wondering, this is Podcast Versus Everyone, episode, who knows, at 125. Ooh, cool. It nice. is 125. Nice. Nice round Uneven number round for your number. brain. Yeah, yeah, 125. Uh, I am Craig Powers. With me is the infamous Jeff Neusser, <laughs> as always. <laughs> pretty infamous. I don't know. Like, yeah, may, pretty infamous right now among certain circles. That's for sure. Yeah. I got an email that just said, you're the embarrassment. And that was the whole email. So, well, I mean, I'm sure, you, I'm sure, <laughs> sorry, my lamp just fell over. Um, I, am sure that, I'm sure that, uh, you're, if, 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 if your teen hasn't said that to you yet, you're maybe that maybe do, do, did it come from your son? Like, did you check? No, no, you know? no. This was, this was from a kook center reader. No, um, maybe, Maybe he was just posing. Oh, maybe he my saw son it as an was opportunity. Posing. Yeah, he it's saw possible. It as an opportunity because I mean, you know he was nothing... pretty mad at me the other night. Teens love to <laughs> express how embarrassed they are by their parents. It's true. Um, the other night he was so mad at me, he put up a sign on his door that basically barred me from entering. Oh, uh, which was pretty. It was pretty hilarious. You know, like uh, I, I forget exactly what it said, but it basically was like. Only people who care about their kids is allowed in here, and that's not Jeff Newser. <laughs> wow! I was, like, I was like, I don't know, man. You're 14. I'm not. That's a little. That's a little melodramatic for a 14 year old. I mean, you know, obviously teenagers have their own particular brand of melodrama, but that one, that one, I was like, eh, I don't know, man. That was a little much. He'll probably listen to this and and laugh at it, but well, you know, I understood. I understand. I, that that's that actually sounds a lot like something your middle one would do. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, and and he has done that before. So, uh, but yeah, no, Joshua was. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, you're 14. Everything feels very, very, you know, incredibly important. And then, uh, you know, maybe it's not quite as important as you think it is, but it feels very important in the moment. So, uh, you know, we have grace. And, we talked about it. We're all good. And, and Joshua, your feelings are valid. 
So that's right. Absolutely. All right. So, um, (laughs) uh, so, uh, the media day. We're going to talk about feelings. Yeah, we're talking about feelings. Uh, media media day happened. Um, we just talked Did about something football. Did something happen in media day? No, I think um, we just talked about football, uh, and that was it. You know, yeah. um, I, what else is there to say? Who knows? Uh, no, but of course, uh, <laughs> uh, um, for reasons that anyone who listened to this knows like uh wsu's head coach nick rolovich was not actually there was uh did his media day duties via or at least the ones he could do um via a basically a zoom call um i found the picture kind of funny with the room of reporters on the stage and then next to the stage a big uh big screen (laughs) i thought it was hilarious yeah it was it was uh, pretty funny, um, and of, of course, uh, the topic of conversation was not so much football. Um, uh, he had to well, he started with his long address, um, which included uh, discussing his decision not to get vaccinated, and of course, he gave the reason. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so he still, you know, <laughs> talked about how he doesn't want to give, uh, not going to give his reason. Um, interesting. And we can talk about this later. Uh, well, it's, well, and then, you know, his, his players kind of came to his defense, talked about his personal choice and we don't, we, uh, Jihad Woods pointed out that, uh, we don't know the, you know, the whole story, but then he of course admitted that he doesn't know the whole story <laughs> either. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. But I thought it was interesting how Rolovich said he's in support. He's not against vaccinations. He's in support of other people getting vaccinations, uh, but just not going to get one himself. Um, which, what, what were your thoughts on that, Jeff? <laughs> well, I mean, the, the the whole thing from the beginning is like, you know, you don't you're the head coach of of the you know, two of the large state university, one, one of the large, two large state universities, right. Pac 12 football program, big time deal. Like, I mean, I know you're in Pullman, so, uh, you know, the media light doesn't shine quite as brightly, but still, uh, you, you just, you just kind of don't get to skate on that one. Like this is, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We have, a uh, a trio of vaccines that by any measure are safe and effective, uh, at keeping people from dying. Um, other things that they may or may not be effective at include, you know, preventing transmission, et cetera. We're still sort of learning some of that stuff, but the one thing we know with, with virtual certainty is it keeps people from dying and that's kind of the whole point. And so, uh, you know, to, to just say like, I've, it's a personal decision. I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, it's just, it's just, you know, uh, as anybody who's been to Coog center, which if you're listening, you probably have, uh, you know, that, uh, that, you know, I expressed that Brian Floyd expressed that and whatever. Um, what, what I found sort of interesting about, uh, media day was, uh, <laughs> you know, his Rolovich isn't, um, you know, he's not a super animated guy, but, um, but he's kind of, I, I guess I would say intense. Like he's kind of intense when, when he mm-hmm. speaks, 
Um, yeah. He speaks with conviction. Uh, that is not the tone with which he spoke at Media Day. Um, you know, as you mentioned, he he made his statement only after he had sort of this eight minute long rambling opening statement, which um, coaches typically start with an opening statement, but but it's it's typically like. I don't know, like two or three minutes, like, Hey, we're real excited. And, you know, we think we got a real good team and best shape of our lives. All right. Yeah. Best. Yeah. We're in the best shape of our lives. We just, we've the weight gains this last year, this, this off season have been tremendous. Uh, I'm very excited for this upcoming season. And with that, I'll take your questions. And then it's, you know, 20 minutes of questions and away you go. And then roll. Hold on, just hold on, like, hold on, dude. I, I never heard your coach voice before. And it yeah, was you like fantastic, that? dude. It was great. <laughs> That's what you honestly, bust that anybody, out more often. Anybody who wants to hear that, uh, Jed Fish, listen to Jed Fish's. So the new coach at Arizona, listen to his interview or his his media time. Uh, you'll hear it. He's he's definitely that. That's what he was like. So he's very he is very energetic, uh, which I guess you can be when you're brand new and you're taking over at Arizona. So, um, but anyway, it just it, that's you know, there's it's some variation of that. There, there's excitement. There's uh, optimism there's there's all that and there was none of that in anything that he said he spent eight minutes like i said just sort of uh rambling in a way that was uh you know just sort of like it was sort of like okay i know i'm gonna have to talk about this other thing at some point so let me let me stall as long as i can uh burn off i mean because each coach obviously only has an allotted amount of time right so uh the more time he burns off with his opening yep. statement the less questions he has to face right so um so he did that and then about eight minutes in, he reads his prepared statement which um, i don't know if he had a teleprompter or what because he was like not looking down <laughs> while making this statement i was like oh that's you may maybe he memorized it i don't know uh but you know it just was like again you reference kind of the the high points right that uh, you know, I've made a personal choice. I'm not against vaccination. And then he went on to, you know, say things about, you know, Hey, I'm fully supportive of the vaccination effort. And, you know, Wazoo, I didn't, so they didn't intend to bring any uh, embarrassment to the university, blah, blah, blah. It just like, as I'm, I'm listening to the statement, I'm like, this is, this sort of sounds like liability bingo, you know, <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm going to say the things yeah. that I need to say to not, uh, you know, cause a liability issue either for the university or for myself. Um, you know, it's sort of like, it's almost like he sat down with Pat, John and Pat and, and Kirk Schultz and they were like, Hey, listen, fine. You are going to say these things then. Yep. And so he's like, okay. And so then he said those things and you know, whatever, he only faced a couple of more questions about it after that, which I was, I was a little disappointed by, um, not that I necessarily expect anything different because these things are you know, I mean, it's, it's a media scrum, right? I mean, each person gets to ask one, maybe two questions and then, and then the time is over. Well, so, yeah. And if you're, and if you're not writing, if if you're not tasked with writing a story about Nick Rollins right. being not unvaccinated, then you're, you're not going to ask a question about that because you don't right. need that for your story. Well, and for people who don't, under like like aren't really familiar with the purpose of media days like people might think of it fans might think of it sort of casually as oh it's this thing for fans leading into the season uh, it's really for media members and even if you know that you may not even understand actually how they use the stuff they will ask questions for to in order to get answers that they plan on using later sometimes like sometimes mm -hmm. even like weeks later or months later um they'll ask about a thing they'll take the notes they're, they're already thinking about their stories like oh hey the team that i cover is playing washington state in three weeks so let me ask them this question that i can so that i can take the response and come back to it 
later, yep. right? So, or, or I'm writing my conference preview or whatever. So, so everybody's got different reasons for being there. So it doesn't surprise me that he wasn't totally hammered, um, on the vaccination thing. I thought the questions were a little weak, um, and a little deferential, um, you know, cause he, at one point he kind of, I don't know, push back a tiny bit, maybe push back is too strong, but was a little bit like, I, I understand the point of your question. He's like, well, you know, and it's kind of like reporters do cause they don't want to piss off a coach and, um, you know, which, again, that access I get, but at the same time, I'm like, mm, I wish people had maybe pushed him, um, a little bit harder. I think where he probably will get maybe pushed a little harder is when he does his first, like real deal local media access. And then, um, I wouldn't be shocked if, if, you know, sort of outsiders, uh, end up joining that and asking harder questions. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I guess I would say I feel I, I'm happy that we seem to have avoided further embarrassment despite, I mean, beyond the fact that, you know, our coach was, was there on a screen and also sounded like, uh, he would rather be doing anything else other than <laughs> answering those questions. I've literally never heard a coach less excited in a media day session. Than well, yeah, Nick Olovich was after so. what, 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 you know, what was on our site, what not only on our site, like what he could have, yeah. what, what he, the backlash he got, he, he probably thought he was going to get hammered more. Uh, yeah, but I want, it, I did I mean, want to came from all corners too. It wasn't just us. I, I mean, it I did want to point out, I did want to point out like if, if the, the, I think we have some data about it now and it's, it's pretty clear that, you know, the coach influences the players and, yep. you know, WSU is, you know, on track to have a good vaccination rate, you know, better than the general population. Uh, the football team, but still they were one of the lower vaccinated teams while yep. being located in one of the higher vaccinated states. Um, yep. And so, I mean, they're in one of the lower vaccinated counties in the state, but, but, it, but it's still, it's, you know, I, I got to think the coach had, uh, you know, an influence on that, uh, you know, maybe not directly, maybe not implicitly, or explicitly, but maybe implicitly. And so, um, so yeah, uh, we saw, you know, you dub talked about being all hundred percent coaching staff vaccinated, 95% players, whatever. Um, yep. And yeah, so it, it's, it, it, I, but like I, like I, you know, expressed to you before this, I'm pretty tired of like, it, it was, it's frustrating that we got to talk, talk about this stuff. Um, yeah. We want to be it, talking about football, man. So if we if we do want to talk a little bit about the football, well, one thing, uh, we hope they get that vaccination rate up. And although you know, with with Delta variants and stuff, who who knows if you know we could still be transmitting, and just not getting as sick. But uh, there's a chance that Pac-12 is going to follow suit with some other conferences and 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 bring yeah. back uh, uh, forfeits if you can't field a team instead of reschedules. Um, yep. so that should be some incentive to get that, get that team vaccinated. Um, I mean, it's funny if the coach has to miss the game, then, you know, you can still have the game, but like, yeah. but if you can't, but if, you know, you're down to, you know, WSU had too many players to not field a team multiple times last year. And even the, the games they played, they barely had enough players, you know, they, they had yep. 32 out for Oregon state. Utah, I don't remember how many were out, but they barely 
like they they're the players were dead by second half because uh, yeah. there were so few players. But it so yeah now now instead of you know being delayed, it's probably just gonna be a forfeit, which will be a bummer, and I hope that doesn't happen. Um, but uh, we'll see. Because uh, um, I'm real excited to watch the games in Pullman. Uh, probably masked at this point. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, maybe, uh, but, uh, yeah, like we'll, we'll see. But, um, and then one other thing is that, uh, WC was picked last in the, in oh. the Pac-12 North again. Big, oh. big surprise. <laughs> but, uh, no, no shock. I, I mean, I, I guess I'm a little, uh, I'm a little surprised that they were behind Oregon state, but yeah. I, you know, I mean, people are, you know, if you look at what Oregon State has done and you, you know, recruiting wise transfers, they brought in some pretty decent transfers. Um, you know, I guess I guess you talk yourself into that. Uh, I don't know. Like, I can't I can't really quibble with it. I mean, I'm you know, I'm a guy sitting here going like I'm, I'm thinking we're heading for four or five wins. So exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I <laughs> so I, I don't know why I complain too much. I guess I was just a little I was mildly surprised by that, but but not super surprised. Whatever, if it puts a chip on their shoulder, uh, yeah. that's fine. I'll say the yeah. funniest, the funniest thing was, uh, Jihad tweeting the video of Max sleeping with his, we still got, <laughs> we still got like 10 more things to do. Hang in there, yeah. young Max. Which is yeah. Jihad's funny. like, I've done this before, man. We are not even close to done. <laughs> He's been through that. He's done that car wash down there. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot, you know. Well, so, Jihad's a super senior, and yes, we had we got some bad news about one of our super duper seniors, um, <sighs> just in the same week, uh, which was a real bummer. It was like the next day, pretty much. Um, uh, was uh, the Renard Bell um, out for the season, torn ACL, uh, which sucks. Uh, <laughs> sucks uh, majorly. Yeah, so you know, he says he's coming back, uh, which would be his seventh year yeah. in Pullman. It's uh, bonkers. I mean, I hope he's getting a master's degree. I hope he's getting two master's degrees. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I mean, after seven years, I mean, you, you know, like my master's degree took one year on top of my bachelor's. You know, I mean, I, they dude should be walking out of there with a with a slew of diplomas. Yeah. That would be awesome. Well, like what would what that, would man. you like what would you do like if you if you were like okay well let me let's see I don't know well because you have to yeah you have to take classes to be eligible it's like yeah like so maybe a classes. maybe an MBA right like so so an MBA seems like a pretty popular one right like mm-hmm. I don't know what else what else you would do to kind of add on top of that I don't I don't think they offer... probably avoid things that required a thesis maybe a master's degree like some sort of communications masters I don't I don't know what they offer which is. Uh, probably pretty sad since I am a product of that college of communications, but I don't know. Anyway, I don't, he- yeah, I don't hear I many mean. masters of communication. No, you don't. I, I don't, I don't think we offer a master of journalism or anything like that. So I don't know. I don't know, man. Somebody's well, probably going to hear this and be a, like, no, a, sir. If it's a college of communication, it has to have graduate programs, right? I maybe, I don't know. They probably, I'm sure they do. I just, I, f- I feel foolish now, Craig. Feel a little foolish because <laughs> I feel like I should know this. Like I definitely like uh, I almost went and got a master's in journalism from 
City University of New York. I was accepted, yeah. but then I got yeah. a job right before, um, right before I kind of had to commit. Uh, and so I just got the job. You can get a master's of arts in communication. Mm. You can get a street strategic communication master's. I don't know Ooh. if that's through the, that's I don't know if that's, one. I don't know if that's through the college of communication. Uh, that's an that online seems right program. Up Renard Bell's a really excellent communicator. So, I mean, I'd, that'd be right up his alley. Yeah, Stratcom, Stratcom is communications. You can get. You can also get an online master's in communication and health. Ooh. Um, and then you can get certificates in those things. Uh, they have a doctoral Ooh. program. Um, really? Residential he master's. Could, he could get a PhD. He could yeah. do that. He'll have lots of time on his hands rehabbing. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely on, think working on that. Uh, working Renard's, on that thesis. Renard's got some calm skills. I think he could. Uh, yes, he does. He could. He could do well with that. He'd be um, outstanding. Yep. But let's, football wise, we're just avoiding the football part because it's yeah, so depressing. Yeah, because it sucks. Yeah, it just. I mean, sucks it sucks. Ass. It sucks for Renard, but it really sucks for the team too. Like, it's, yeah. Uh, we've I'm gone terrified, from, man. We've gone from in 2018 just an absolutely stacked Almost lineup, and then even 2019 still pretty good. To now at this point, it's it's a pretty thin lineup. Like like luckily we're not running the like air raid with massive amounts of rotation. Like it's it's only going to be a few guys that get a lot of the reps, but. Still, you just lost one of your best guys after, you know, you lost Jameer Calvin in the offseason. Like, it, it, basically, you're not returning much now. You got Calvin Jackson. Luckily, you came back. But it's just, it, you know, you got – it's just C.J. Moore. It's a transfer. It's it's just not not ideal in, in the receiver. No. Like, Renard was going to – you know, obviously you have Travell Harris too, but Renard was Renard and Travell were probably going to be the guys. Like, well, they were the two top targets last fall yep. with Delora. I mean, it, he clearly uh, preferred throwing to his inside guys, whether that mm-hmm. was a function of the offense or defenses or just comfort level with you know getting used to the college game. I mean, whatever it was, you know, he clearly preferred throwing to those two guys the most. And so, you know, now you take away one of those guys, like, I don't know, man, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a very, kinda... very talented player. Yeah. I mean, it's scary how thin we are at wide receiver in terms of experience. Now, maybe the guys behind them are really great. Maybe, you know, Joey Hobart is, you know, destined to be a superstar and, you know, whatever. I mean, I like, I don't know, but what I know is, you know, when you think about the talent that we had there and how many of those guys are no longer there. Uh, that's just like, and then, you know, you look at, okay, CJ Moore, we're, we're very excited about his talent level in terms of raw talent. And, you know, but he, the fact remains, he's a Juco transfer. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, mm, mm, it's there. Mm, 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 mm. We're counting on a lot of inexperience and, uh, I don't know when well, somebody gets got, hurt and we're not well, too far I, away from all sorts of interesting stuff. Well, yeah, you it, we we were talking about it the other day before when we were at Flatstick for the Sounders game is like like could could we see Max line up in the in the slot? Like could, I think you it's know, entirely cause, possible. Cuz as we've talked about before, like we have like 
two very good running backs, but we only, it's a hundred percent single back offense. And that does not rotate yep. that much. Like right. it, it's they're like either Max or, you know, probably, probably Macintosh is not going to get many reps if, if Max is, is in there. But we know Max has got skills receiving. Like we, maybe not necessarily like standing up in the slot. Who knows? But I'm sure he maybe do he it. does though. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. And <laughs> I, I and now Macintosh does not strike me as someone that does. But but maybe Max does. And so I mean, if you want to get all your best playmakers on the field, it might be worth having Max play inside receiver. So like it, it yeah. just then you then you have because honestly, right now you're probably your Four best playmakers are Calvin Jackson, Travell Harris, Dion McIntosh, and Max Borgie. And right. and and if you if you two of those guys are playing a position where there's only one of them on the field, and so it's something's it's going to be a bummer if you know McIntosh is not used that much because um, we saw that he's good. He's not maybe as good as Max, but he is. He'd be, he is he good. Was, he was a fine replacement. Um, there's no so, doubt he's good. So, so this is just obviously throwing shit at the wall, but like, and hoping it sticks, but like maybe, maybe we see max, maybe they figure something else out. Like, like how they kind of figured out, you know, they had a few kind of plays for Travell Harris that, that play when he would, um, come across formation and then take the hand off, you know, things like that, uh, just to kind of get, get everyone in the game. And so. Otherwise, man, like, yeah, it's going to be thin and it's going to be frustrating if, if you're not getting much production out of those other receiver positions. And then like McIntosh is sitting on the field or, you know, McIntosh is sitting on the bench or Borgie sitting on the bench and like not getting reps. So, um, it, it just seems like Borgie is the type of guy that you'd want to get as many reps as possible. And if this offense is running how it normally runs, Borgie's going to get less touches than he normally gets in a like in the air raid that he was doing before because he's not going to catch. We've 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 seen um, not just from last year, but when Rolovich was at Hawaii, that the running back does not catch many passes in this offense. No, not at all. Very 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 few. They're almost always staying into block. And that's just that's kind of how that one works. I I mean. The hard part is, okay, you look at, okay, well, who, if, if we were to rank our playmakers in order, it's, it's, to me, it's like Travell and Max, you know, 1A, 1B, however you want to, you know, sort them. Uh, and then it's Dion McIntosh. And then it's, you know, whoever after that, you Calvin, know, Jackson. Calvin Jackson or whatever. But it's like, okay, so two of your top three guys are running backs in a one back offense. So I, I, I don't know. I, Nick Rolovich showed a willingness to be creative last fall um, in terms of the, like, like the plays that he called um, not necessarily in terms of personnel or anything like that. He, he but he did do it a couple times with like, you know uh, you know, essentially making Travell Harris a running back basically, um, you know, through, through a play call. So I don't know, maybe he gets, you know, maybe he gets creative, even if it's only like well, and, you know, and, 10, and, 10 and plays we, a game where they're both on the field. Like, and we ran a lot a of, a lot of um, zone read, which you know is wasn't necessarily typical, but it was just adapting to the personnel yeah. and what they could do. Yep. So, yeah, 
Yep. And RPOs and things like that. Yep. So, yep. yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. What, what sort of has me, you know, not feeling great about the whole situation is like, I think there's a general assumption. Oh, the offense is going to be fine. Like, I, like I really mm-hmm. feel like that's sort of the assumption is, Oh, the offense will be fine. There's lots of talent on offense. Uh, we see the defense to get better. And then this team's going to be back on its upward trajectory. And I'm like, Hmm. <laughs> and we can't afford to just lose two two of our starting receivers from last year and yeah. just expect to uh, keep going. On an offense that wasn't actually very good. Yeah. And I understand COVID and all that. So, you know, the caveats apply, but let's be real. The offense was not that good. So, okay, now you're removing two explosive playmakers, right? Two guys who are fast, real fast. You know, you're taking them off the field. And then, okay, you're bringing back Borgie, fast but in an like offense this... that pushes vertically, right? More... And now you're bringing back Borgie, which which is great, but also like, I mean, we got, I think, you know, good enough production out of running back. So, I mean, that doesn't necessarily make the offense better. Like, I don't know, man. You need your quarterback to be a lot better than he was last year, whether that's Delora or Garantano or Cam Cooper. But man, that they got to get a lot more out of that position to be as good as I think people are wanting them to be. And I, I think the defense is going to be better. I, I, you know, I think they've added talent. I, I think they're, I think they are going to be uh, a bit better, but you know, how much better, like better, better enough to over to, to compensate for how much worse I think the offense is going to be compared to what we got used to. Right. Like we just sort of, again, I just think our fans brains are, you know, pretty much on uh, the Mike Leach, situation where it's like hey no matter no matter what he's going to roll out a a good a good to great quarterback and a top 25 offense well and, and that's just and what we're doing they may forget like early in leach's career at wsu there was uh there was a, a couple not very good offenses so it's yep. uh, like it's yep even with him it wasn't a guarantee so yeah but like um, it's been that it had been that way for the last you know, six years. Yeah. So people are just like, Oh yeah. And Rolovich is an offensive coach and he'll figure it out and it will be fine. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> just, I don't know, man. I feel like that's, that's, you know, being a, a little too fast and loose with, with assumptions. And I hope I'm wrong. Like I really, really hope I'm wrong. I hope they're super fun to watch. And, um, you know, Rolovich did say, uh, one of the answers to his question was talking about like, the, the value of having had spring practices this year. And it wasn't like a, it wasn't like somebody asked specifically about spring practice where they were like, how much should it help you to have spring practice? It, it was some other question. And as he was giving his answer, he said, you know what? Like spring practice, man, I underestimated how much we would miss not having that last year. Right. And I remembered how valuable it was this year. And so, um, you know, maybe, maybe that's the key. You know, maybe that's where we're at, although Delora didn't practice in the spring, but, nope. uh, but you know, maybe, maybe that'll do it. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I just can't shake. I just can't shake a, a little bit of sinking feeling that we're just not as talented as we need to be. Um, and, and these, you know, defections slash injuries, um, are just, just, you know, they're not, they're not helping, man. They're not helping. Yeah. And, I, I don't know, like, it, it, hope, hopefully they're they're fine, and hopefully the defense is better, and maybe uh, maybe Jaden and Delora is better, or 
Um, it would be a, it would truly be a surprise. Maybe Gorantano or Cooper come in and they're just incredible. Um, but, uh, you know, I felt like a Tennessee fan saying that right there. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's, I don't know, man. Like it, I, I just, I, I'm this season. I just, I want, I want to be able to go to Pullman and I want to go yeah. hang out oh and God. I want to watch football games and I want to tailgate. And honestly, the right now I'm in the mindset that like the football is like tertiary <laughs> um, to just it existing. And then me being able to go to Pullman and, and hang out with my friends. And so that, and then third is the football is good. Um, yeah. So, but I'm sure if we struggle against Utah state, who is not very good, yeah. <laughs> like then I, that may snap me back into focus on, uh, it's way more fun when we're good at football, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Like, like last uh, I, year, last I mean... year it was like, Oh, this, whatever we're playing, this is kind of dumb. And then they won the first game against Oregon state. And you're like, Shit, that was fun. Like, that oh, was totally. Cool. Like, that was so Absolutely. fun. And, both and, of and, us got sucked into that, right? Because we were both <laughs> on team, like, we shouldn't even be having this season. Yeah. Well, okay, we're having it. We're having the season, so I guess we might as well tune in. And then it was like, this is fucking awesome. Like, it was like, you know, we were very, very excited about the Nick Rolovich era. And then, uh, and you know, so I, I, I imagine that'll, that'll probably carry us for a little while this year, right? Like, I mean. Just it, the I, fact that. It's happening with fans in the stands and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless they just, I mean, would, would even, so let me throw a scenario. Let me throw a couple scenarios at you. Okay. Cause you're planning on going, are, are you going to all three September games? Yes. Is that the plan? Yep. Okay. So you're planning on going to all three. I'll be at USC provided it's not a forfeit. So, uh, you're going to go to all three. Like even if, even if they lost to either, Utah State or Portland State would that would that dampen like like how much would that actually dampen it just because you're so no, excited I, no yeah I back. think I honestly I does, I, I does don't the question make sense yeah like no it does it no so okay. what I what I liken it to is when I um my first season as a season ticket holder was after I lived um out east for five years yeah. and then um and I came back in 2015 Yep. And my very first game was a loss to Portland State in the rain in Labor Day. <laughs> That's right. And and I, remember I that. You and your dad. You and your dad were there. But but what happened that day? It was an eleven AM game. Like we started we yep. I remember me and my dad, we went to the cub and got uh uh chai teas and put fireball in them and, and had uh-huh. fire chai to start the day. Or chai yeah. balls. Someone called it chai balls. That was that's a good one. Chai balls. Um and then, you know, we tailgated in the morning, ended up uh, hanging out with B.A., staying with his buddies. Um, we had, like, this long day where the game was over, and then we went back and chilled, and people took naps, and then we went back out to the Coug because it was such an early game. I remember uh, seeing Chazanow at the Coug, and it was, like, his first game, and we're just, like, talking yeah. to him, and we're like, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> like, you moved all the way from the East Coast, and, like, this is what you get. I'm like, yeah. like, you're like, go Cougs, you know? Like, but then, but yeah. then, like, just, like, 
doing all that was so awesome. Like the tailgating, going to the Coug, hanging out with friends. Like that was, I was just so happy to be doing that. And that's often like what happens once, once the fall starts. And honestly, like since I've been a season ticket holder, like pretty much every season, except for, you know, except for the last leech season was like really good. Like, except for, you know, that those early season FCS losses, but then the PAC 12 schedule was super fun and we like hardly ever lost. And and so it was like almost, you know, there were some heartbreaking ones like Stanford and, and whatever. And then uh, that UCLA game was just awful. But, uh, but, but they mostly won every game, like from when I've been a season ticket holder against FBS teams, they've almost what they like, the record is really good. And so like, you'd have fun, the Cougs would win, you'd have more fun, you know, with some glaring differences, whatever, or some glaring exceptions. Uh, But, but for the, for the most part, it's been positive. So it's kind of hard. Like I, I got through that Portland state one. And I was just so excited to be back, kept going, but then we just kept winning. Yeah, after that was that. a good season to stick with it. For and, sure. and, and you know, because the, the only games they lost after that were the uh, they they lost the next week, and then they lost to Stanford, and then like the the they Apple Cup, the, Cal. the Apple Cup. Yeah, Cal was the next loss, and then right, and then they and then lost they to Stanford after that. They lost to Stanford. No, they lost to Cal. Jeff uh, called for Leach to be fired. <laughs> That's right, I did. And then, and then, and then they then they ran a bunch off, and they lost to Stanford, and they ran a bunch more off, and they uh, the last Apple Cup will ever go to a Husky Stadium. Yep. Um, yep. And then, yeah, but it was still like I was so happy to have that season, and but it was also we went like nine and four or whatever. Yeah. Like, so it's Which like. And, and but I don't see like I I don't see us losing Utah State. I don't see us losing to Portland State. But I also don't think it's like out of the realm of possibility, uh, especially yeah. Utah State. But I I think like that first month is going to carry me. Plus, like I've already made like almost every game. Like I've like planned who I'm going with, and like yeah, and at least for the first well. The fourth, the October 9th game, homecoming, I have to go to a wedding. Thanks, Chris. Um, Thanks, but, Chris. But, but, uh, but then October 16th, I got this like thing where like a bunch of my friends are going. And then, uh, you know, I, so up until then, then 23rd, whatever, those were the games after that I haven't planned yet, but I, I'm sure I'll make plans. So a lot of it for me is just the social aspect. So I'm, I'm kind of just right. want that. So honestly, I, but I, but again, I haven't had a year as a season ticket holder that was truly atrocious and terrible. So, yeah. um, yes, if we are that terrible, uh, that will be tested and, and we will see, um, like this will be the, I'm the thinking... uh, hopefully it's not that test, but, uh, if it is, then I'll find something out about myself. Yeah. I think September will go well enough to kind of sustain you into October. November November is a tough sell, right? If the team's bad, like well, there's only gets, no, there's only one. There's, there's only one game in November. That's true. That's it. That's the easy part, and it's not the yeah. Apple Cup, which thank you. That's true. Yeah, see, that's a double bonus. Um, I don't know. Like I'm thinking, it's going to play out like okay victory over Utah State, okay comfortable victory over Portland State, mm-hmm. 
And then I think we probably get run by USC. And then it's like, hmm, <laughs> what what do we actually have here? I think that's kind of how those first three games are going to go, but it should at least uh, sustain some excitement. You know what? I, no, it's no, funny. I, I just like I just searched like WSU football schedule and I clicked on the Google one, and like I just me I like scrolled up like I don't know why I was just playing with the wheel, and when you scroll up, the first season that it shows is 2016, and so like the first game you see is losing to Eastern Washington. Damn it! <laughs> Son of a. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But uh, still but, not over it. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, but <laughs> so we got yeah Utah State, Portland State. This is actually very weird, like how they did this. Um, oh yeah, it goes so no, just on the, this Google, it's twenty. Oh, like oh, it, ha- it has twenty sixteen that entire season, and then randomly only on the left column, you have twenty seventeen Montana State, twenty nineteen New Mexico State, twenty nineteen Northern Colorado, and then it gets into this season's schedule. I don't know what's COVID going ruins on. Everything, man. I, no, I don't. I don't COVID know. Ruins everything. But but what happened? Why is why does it have one game from the twenty seventeen season, no games from twenty eighteen, the best season, and and only two games from twenty nineteen? I I, I I'm so confused. Google, what is going on here? Um, but yeah. Need to work on that algorithm. Come on, gotta get the, I gotta get the algo under or al right. algae rhythm um, for my yeah. Space Jam fans out there. There you go. Um, my my <laughs> Space Jam new legacy fans out there. Yeah, still haven't seen it. Well, you gotta get that HBO Max, brother. I know it comes with my phone. That's that's I'm why surprised I surprised that my children haven't uh, made me go to the theater to see it with them yet, but. It's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not good, but it's not bad. Like, <laughs> I'll say, See, like, and that's okay. Like that's Le- Lebron. Right. Lebron is a better actor than Michael Jordan, and, but they also that does not ask, surprise they me. They also ask him to do a lot more, which creates some kind of awkward situations. Uh, there's a scene where he has to like cry, which is uh, very <laughs> interesting. Um, no, not a crier, huh? Uh, well, it was just kind of awkward, you know? Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it, it's, uh, I would say like taking out the nostalgia, it's probably just a better movie than Space Jam, but also yeah, I would probably watch Space Jam, the original one before it because of the nostalgia. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I've seen it when I was a kid. But this is that not, this is not Space Jam cast. Uh, this is, uh, <laughs> what is this podcast? I don't even know. We, we don't pod, do it very pod. often. I kind of remember what it's called. Uh, <laughs> I know. I know. We've been on like this every few weeks, Caden. So I'm like, we better do one this week. Yeah. So. Where were, like, yeah. Like, I, I've like, people have been like, I have people ask me, like, are, are you guys still doing that? Or like, yeah, we're just lazy. But hey, well, in I've August, both of us, we, got, we both had stuff going on, and I promise we got some know, good shows planned. I've been in and out of town, like you know, went to Disney World, went camping, went you know, we've we've been we've been all over the place, man. Yeah, I, I went to nowhere. I've been nowhere. <laughs> you have two children now, Craig. Yeah, makes it tougher. Yeah, well, one Definitely of makes it tougher. The louder, more destructive one is with her grandparents for the rest of this week. So, 
So yeah, so it's it's eerily quiet in our house, like to the point where like we were just uncomfortable. Yeah, like, I know that I've I've had that feeling too. I've definitely had that feeling too. Uh, let's see. You know, you know where else it's going to be eerily quiet in the Big Twelve. What a transition! Did that, did that segue work? Hell yeah. <laughs> Well, actually, well, maybe it's going to be exceptionally loud in the Big Twelve because they're gonna they're gonna raise a stink. I mean, are, are you buying that this is uh, you know the end of college football as we know it, or like like how how are you feeling about this? I think it's the beginning of the end of the current power structure. Yes, I agree. Uh, it's I and. You said it, and I agree. Um, you said it, you know, in our Slack. I think you said it on Twitter, and you've said it in person to me many times. Is that in our lifetime, WSU uh, won't be in that top tier conference? I kind of joke that they're kind of not right now, too. But uh, yeah, but really, they're. I mean, they're obviously when you look at revenues and, and especially TV revenues, uh, the Pac-12 like dwarfs any Group of Five conference by yes. a lot even though we're quite a bit behind SEC in the Big Ten, it's still, like, not even in comparison when you look at Mountain West TV contracts and stuff. Yes. Um, so, but to, at the same time, like, if the SEC 27, whatever, like, is getting the big, you know, once they add Ohio State and Michigan, too, and, and you know, but I'm just joking, but... Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think that's I don't think that's far fetched. Yeah, what, like it's not going to happen now, but 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 eventually, the super conference of the major schools because we're we've yes. already seen like, like college football has always kind of been a have and have nots, but yep, it's once since the playoff has started, I think we've seen it sit like the the top segregate itself even more from the rest, yep. like. You know, yep. Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama are, are kind of on a different plane than the, the rest of the programs. Um, and two of those are not currently in the SEC. <laughs> um, but uh, but Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC in 2025 at the earliest, well, at the latest, we'll say. Latest, yeah. yeah um, it, and it'll almost certainly happen before that. Yeah, like there's no way. Like they're nobody gonna wants to do that, and nobody no, wants to do that for four more years. No. Oh yeah, like I saw someone. I can't remember who tweeted. Like, there's gonna it's gonna be a real scenario this year where the Big Twelve has to go on stage at the end of the Big Twelve championship game and hand their trophy to Oklahoma, and like it's yep. it's just gonna be a, like yep. like uh, it's gonna be the worst for them. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of nuts, you know. Uh, now we got the Big Twelve is suing ESPN. Yeah, not a surprise there, and I I absolutely believe that ESPN orchestrated this on some level. I mean, college yeah. college football is ESPN. I mean, it's you know for people who don't aren't sort of aware of how it works. I mean, everybody knows that ESPN broadcasts the vast majority of college football games, but. When you think about the, the Disney ways properties that, in general, yeah. yes, Disney properties in general, uh, college football is actually a business for them. Um, it, it's not just the the games that they broadcast for conferences; they own 
many of the bowl games, right? Like, um, you know, they, they are ESPN properties. They almost, they almost all the bowl fill, games. Yeah. All, all, like any minor game is, is pretty much yeah. owned by ESPN. Yeah. Almost anyone um, that's not. Yeah. Any, but even like, yeah, like the Alamo bowl is not owned by ESPN, but ESPN has the rights to televise it. And so like, even if they don't own it, like they have a stake right. in it. Right. Right. So, you know, ESPN is essentially, I mean, the CFP, you look at the CFP, like what it's become, you alluded to the fact that, um, you know, it's it sort of further separated the haves and the have nots and, and ESPN is just so much of that, right? Like ESPN is 100% invested in, and as they should be, by the way, this is not like a, you know, oh, ESPN's evil. Chris, that's that's not it at all. I mean, yeah, I mean, ESPN is a business and they do what businesses do and they, you know, businesses cannibalize other businesses and that's, that's how capitalism works. So, you know, if, if you're, if you're okay with capitalism, then you just kind of have to be okay with that. And, um, you know, so ESPN does everything it can possibly do to maximize its investments. And, you know, so you get for, you know, three, four months, uh, you know, you could be watching a game between any two teams and they're going to talk about the college football playoff. There's going to be a segment somewhere in the game where they just ignore the game and talk about who's in the college football playoff and who's in position. And what if they lose or win this game this weekend? And what's it going to do to the rankings? And it's like, do, do you know I'm watching a game between WSU and Cal? Like, I don't give a shit right now about your stupid college football playoff, but that's ESPN, right? And so they just relentlessly push you know, and people are like, oh, it seems like the only thing that matters anymore is the college football playoff. Well, it is because it's all ESPN talks about and analyzes and argues about on their, you know, various, you know, TV shows and radio shows and podcasts. Like it's it is a coordinated uh, effort, a coordinated strategy to to do this. Right. Because it's it's inventory, it's eyeballs, it's it's ratings, it's it's all of that stuff. It's subscription fees, right? Because uh, the only way to command the huge number that ESPN is able to command from cable companies is, you know, to be relevant, right? So the idea that ESPN is sort of organizing uh, teams and leagues to become a super ESPN property, not maybe not necessarily in, you know, the strictest legal terms, but by proxy i guess would maybe be a way to say it like that's not far-fetched at all like that's in espn's best interest because nobody owns college football there's a vacuum there for them to fill right as an organizer as a as as a director as you know right i mean all the things that an nfl commissioners you know commissioner or board of directors would do right and we don't have that in college football and, and just a reminder espn runs the sec network and and espn texas longhorn network if there's such thing called espn plus and they would love to drive subscriptions to that they run the longhorn network they can they put that all into espn plus if they have texas versus alabama on espn plus that's what they want like if if they get you know that's that that they they know what they're doing. It can be frustrating. It's it's made to the point where you can't like it sucks for us as like, you know, f- people like you and I who grew up as fans of ESPN, who ESPN was like a core kind of like thing of like your like childhood and your your adolescence. Like 
watching sports center and stuff like those things are like unwatchable right. now but it's because espn kind of grew out of being uh, a place that was like a cool sports place like to to where like sports nerds could hang out to the point where they're like right. a they're a massive like commercial entity that that is looking to make money and so yeah if 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 you own the SEC, the rights to the SEC network, like people I know associate the SEC with CBS a lot, but that's like one game a week. Um, and that's, and that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, that's, exactly. That CBS contract is over. Yep. And now so with ESPN. Yep. So there was ESPN. ESPN has SEC and, and smartly has SEC because like SEC is, I know we hate to say it. We, we hate to say the bias and all that, but like, it's far and away more popular than the Pac-12. Yes, and yes. it's it's there the there is like teams in the Southeast have way bigger fan bases and way more intense fan bases than we have out here because they for a lot of these states and places where these schools are like this is like it's more connected to the region than it is just the alumni. Here it's, you know, here it's more of your alumni connection, but there it's where if you're from Alabama, like you're, you're one of, you're in Alabama or, and then, or maybe you're Auburn and like, that's, that's it. And if you're LA, you're from Louisiana, you're LSU and like all that stuff, you know, like uh, Mississippi, you you pick one of your schools, you know, Georgia. Notably, most of those states don't have major mm-hmm. metropolitan cities with professional franchises. Exactly. Like that's, I think that's, that's part of it too. And then, you know, the family, the generational stuff, uh, you know, you tend to have families that have set down roots in the region versus, you know, obviously we live up here, right. We get lots of transplants up here. So it's just, you know, it's different. And, and so I, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I get it. It makes total sense. And it, you know, if you were ESPN, what would you try and do? Also, you would try and funnel as, can... as many of the great programs in the country to one, conference that you have control over like that's like that's can, what you would try to do can i can i use this up as an opportunity to um throw some more dirt on larry scott's ceo grave yeah like sure. i love that he could have had this like he could have partnered with espn to run the pac-12 network uh, but yeah. he chose instead to run it independently and we weren't totally against it at the start. We were like, okay, yeah, if like if this gets going, but he probably he overestimated the brand value of his yep. of his in- member institutions, and so, yep. um, and so now the and Pac-12 we're getting backed is, into a little bit of a corner now. Yeah, as in the Pac-12 in terms of broadcast, like you know, if you want to partner with ESPN now, you're looking at being essentially time filler in between SEC games. Yep. That's basically what you become is, you know, space filler, time filler. That's why, that you know, I mean, we're already kind of there, right? I mean, that's why we play games at, you know, 10 p.m. Eastern because nobody else can play games at 10 p.m. Eastern and they got to fill, they got to fill time on, on the, on the channel. So yeah, I, you know, it's, it is, it's frustrating in the sense that, you know, things, things are going to be different. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, just kind of circling back real quick to my comment that, you know, in our lifetime, we're going to be in a sort of a second tier conference. Um, I don't, I, I'm not convinced that's actually a bad thing. And when our fans think about 
that that second tier conference concept, they typically think like, oh man, does that mean we're getting relegated to the Mountain West? Right? Oh, well, what do you, you know, essentially like, you know, oh, you're okay with, you know, being dumped into the Mountain West? Like, I don't think that's what it's going to be. Um, because right now, when, when you just sort of look at college football, it, here's what you have. You have a tier of, you know, prestige programs that have uh, way more resources than, than anybody else. Right. Like, and, and it's not just prestige programs. Cause I mean, like you mentioned, like, you know, Ole Miss or whatever. Right? I mean, they've got insane amounts of resources cause they're in the sec. So, but I'm talking more like, you know, your, your prestige programs, like, you know, Alabama, Ohio state, Clemson, USC is still a prestige program, you know, Oregon, uh, you know, Florida state, maybe Miami, you know what I mean? LSU kind of Georgia on and on and on. Right. Okay. So Michigan, Ohio state were two that you mentioned. So these, these are all teams that are national brands with rich football histories that, you know, bring, bring something to the table in terms of, you know, both, uh, tradition and also revenue, right? Because of brand recognition, things like that. Okay. So you've got that tier. Right. And in the Pac-12, I'd put, like I said, I put USC, Oregon, probably Washington in that in that tier, um, even though, you know, Washington hasn't really accomplished all that much. They, they have a huge stadium and a large following and, you know, whatever. OK, so there's that. And then if we say, OK, well, what's what's sort of the bottom tier? Right. Well, that's your, you know, your group of five teams, right? Your central Michigan's your, you know, I don't know, UNLV, whatever, like like what have you in the in these others. And then there's like this tier like in between them that I think WSU is in. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think if we're, if we're talking pac 12, I think we're talking Utah, Oregon state, Colorado, Cal, Cal's a little different, I think because of just sort of their academic standing and, 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 and national their, profile, their, their connection to the, uh, to UCLA. Right. So I think maybe that one's a little different, but, but they're not a prestige football program. They've not had, you know, a lot of success in, in football. So I, you know, I don't know exactly where they fit, but, but you got, you're catching my drift, right? Yep. That there's like this in between tier that's, that's not there. And so the way I kind of envision this thing setting up eventually is you're going to have a, a super conference of some variety, whether that's the sec or, or whatever that includes, you know, all your prestige programs, um, and whether that's, you know, 20 teams or 24 teams or 28 teams or whatever it is. And then you're going to have kind of these mid-tier conferences, with, which is going to be, you know, Wazoo, Utah, Kansas State, you know, Oklahoma State, you know, Texas Tech. I mean, you just kind of start thinking through North Carolina, North Carolina State. Like you start thinking through these these programs that, you know, have been good and have had, you know, success. I mean, Wazoo's been to two Rose Bowls. You know, we're not chopped liver, right? Like we've been there. And, but it's like, at the same time, we don't have, we just, we don't have those resources, right? We don't have the resources that, uh, you know, those other programs have. So, you know, I, I think we're going to occupy, there's going to be a fair number of schools that are going to occupy that space in the middle. And I, I don't know what that looks like in terms of competition. Uh, I don't know what that means, like in terms of bowls or access to a playoff or whatever, but I just think, I think it's going to be sort of reminiscent of, you know, you and I are both big, you know, Euro soccer fans. I think it's going to be kind of reminiscent of a, of a premier league and a, and a championship. And then, a you know, and then a league one, like, it's just going to be, you know, these varied levels, um, they're going to stay mostly independent and, you know, they may cross over like they now, do in Europe for cup competitions. But... Now that you bring this up, like, 
it would be really sick if people if 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 schools could be relegated and promoted yes. between but that'll it. never that will never happen that'll never happen but that would be that, that would be awesome that would be ideal yeah. that would be ideal but that'll never happen cuz it is just you know too much uncertainty it's not the american way like <laughs> earning well, yeah, it's not the american even, way even though we have like we could we have enough soccer teams in the US to do that. Yes. But 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 we don't. But we don't. Cost control. Yeah, well, that's why yeah, all those teams yeah. in Europe wanted to break off into a super league. Like that's, you know, I mean, you know, cost certainty. Like you do know, you think if we band together then we're going to make a bunch of money every year no matter what we do. So, so what happened with that super league is that the pushback was so strong that they bagged it. Is yeah. is there a possibility in the U.S. that I see zero they, they try to form the Super League and, you know, Ohio State fans are like, fuck that. We don't want to be in the SEC. Like, we're a Big Ten school. And, the, and like, it's so strong that Ohio State says, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah, I see zero chance of that. Like, if we're just comparing it to what happened in Europe, like – the the backlash in Europe was like, hey, we we believe in this system. It's it was sort of a, it was a greater good kind of thing, right? Like all these, you know, and, and it's hard, I think, you know, for a lot of Americans, not, not you. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about you know some of our listeners who might not be familiar, like these clubs in Europe, like they they are called clubs. They're not called. And they call them teams. They definitely never call them franchises because they're not franchises, right? Like franchises, hey, we grant you an operating license to be a part of our thing, right? Which is what we have in the NBA and NFL and whatever is we have franchise, right? We have a league and they say, here, you can run one of our teams. Exactly. Great. Yeah. In in soccer, it's not. They, these clubs are all independent. I mean, they're connected through, you know, federations and things like that. But it's like, but they're all independent and they're clubs because that's literally how they started groups of people got together and started a club in the truest sense of the word. And so the commitment to the system, that pyramid system, right? The soccer pyramid of, you know, moving up and moving down leagues, depending on, you know, how you actually, you know, you know, play, um, you know, there's just a really deep, 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 deep cultural commitment to that. Unlike here in college football, where there is a deep, 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 deep cultural commitment to doing what's best for me and my school and my program and I mean, we've seen, you know, conferences, it's not the first time conferences have blown up, right? Like, like they've, the big 12 itself, which, you know, the irony is the big 12 itself was, was an outgrowth of the old, you know, Southwest conference. Like, like the big, the big 12 itself was, was a cash grab. So, <laughs> you know, it's just, well, and- I mean, it's, it's what we do. And I can't, I cannot fathom that, you know, if someone says to Ohio state fan, Hey, you know, you're, uh, you know, you won't be a part of the big 10 anymore, but you will make, you know, ungodly amounts of money that will allow you to keep winning championships and paying your players. Cause that's, that's around the corner. Right. So, you know, and they, and I'm talking not NIL direct payments to players that is around the corner. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. So if you say, well, you know, we got to do this other league over here and make, you know, more dollars because we're certainly not going to take the dollars out of our pockets. The existing dollars, we need more dollars to fund this, well, and and that's and that's where it's going to go. And yeah. so fans will just go, eh, you know, okay. And every time they care. every time they do these cash grab things, it makes it harder to not justify giving the players money. And and I exactly. think in the in, as 
as the kind of tenor has changed, um, like almost pretty dramatically, even in the last couple of years, like this, even like Texas and Oklahoma is going to move the needle. Them going, cause it's at that point, you're like, you cannot deny that all of this is about yeah. money. Like yep. when Texas and Oklahoma are moving to the SEC. And, and oh, by the way, Texas is already the richest athletic department in the country yep. by, 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 by a lot. Like it's not even close. Like, like the revenue that Texas brings in is it, nobody else comes, not, not even all those SEC schools, right? Like, like it's not even close. And so what, you're going to move to the SEC to make more money? <laughs> Like, 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 what are you doing with more money? You know, what are you, what are you going to do with like, like you have all the money in the world and you can't win a a big 12 championship. Like, like you're going to go to the sec and collect more money and then lose to, you know, go, go, you know, seven and five or whatever while losing to Alabama, Georgia and LSU. Like, but you know, I mean, like you said, it's, it's uh, the, the gate, the, like everything's just sort of laid bare at this point. Right. Like it's, it is, it's it's about money. It's always been about the money, and it's um, it's never been about anything else. And do you think you know, this this is massive? This is massive. Do you think this sure. is a step in the direction of football teams at colleges becoming not necessarily directly run by the schools, but more a licensed name of the schools? Because when you talk about paying players, that might Mm. be where the actual university is like, "Uh, I don't know about that. Like, you know, or we definitely would have to see a probably a disassociation from the NCAA, which I think the bigger these conferences get, the easier that becomes for them. Um, I, I think that's for sure going to happen. Yeah. But I just, I, I, I wonder if like eventually some of these brands are just so strong themselves. They're almost like the brands of those European soccer clubs are talking about where right. like, like here, most WSU fans are WSU alums. Not all, like I would say like, uh, it's it's not all and there's a lot of WSU fans are not WSU alums because they're like family yeah. or they grew up in Washington, whatever. But compared to But it's most. But compared to it's most. Like most Texas fans did not go to Texas. Most Absolutely. Alabama fans did not go to Alabama. Like these yep. are Washington fans. Most, we joke we joke about it, right? Yeah. Then Washington has a huge number of fans and we always make fun of them, which is like it's it's just because we got to do it, it like right. it, even and, though and we, we would, would we would love, love to have to those have fans, all those, all those t-shirt fans for sure. And, but but there's a point like in and our already like the a lot of these brands are bigger than the schools themselves. Like it. Oh yeah. It I, no doubt. Like I don't. Not every program could survive without the association with the university. I don't think. But if you're talking these programs, Texas and Oklahoma moving to SEC, those are two programs. Just the football teams in themselves are a bigger brand than the university, and so it's it's uh, it's interesting. I 
it, I think it would be a, it take a long and, and, and it might, the disassociation might be if, if they took that away from it being like these kids are college athletes, then you'd be too close to a professional league. And then it'd be like, you almost be competing with the NFL at that point. And they would, they would, yeah. they wouldn't do that. But um, it is like the, the football programs themselves are becoming so massive that it's almost like, yeah, they're associated with the university only because like there's a bunch only of, because that's the way it's it because the, it, the way it's always been. Right. Like, so, like if we were reinventing this system, we would not. But, but like, way. look at how pliable it is. Like, look, we were just talking about Renard Bell. Like he can come back for a seventh year at WSU next year. You know, like <laughs> it's, it's not like we're, and I think like, you know, all these, like we were just like, okay, every football, like last year doesn't count. You can, you can play again. So really, is it about the academics at all? <laughs> like, like, you know, like it kind of the, the whole point of the, the eligibility spectrum is based on how long it takes normally a student to graduate from college. Like right. that's, that's why it's four, maybe five years. Right. And, but now we're like, ah, you can come back next year. So wait, but they were still going to school last year. It was online, but they were still doing it. But we're like, yeah, but actually you can play the sport next year too. Like, so yeah. what was more important there? Like, was it the sport or was it the athlete? Were they equally important? Like, uh, I don't know. Like they, it kind of like, it kind of showed, like, I, I think the NCAA, they kind of had to do it, but they kind of also showed how weak they actually are in, in that, in, in having to, like, give up so much, just being like, no, it's not actually attached to the the regular progression of a, of, like, it's so much like, what, what do we call Renard Bell next year? Because we, we call them freshmen. Super soft- duper senior. We call them freshmen, sophomores junior senior because that's what you call school kids like but right. like what is what is a seventh year player like a doctoral student right or something you know yeah. like we were joking before but yeah it's yeah well they've started to put graduate student on some of the rosters yep where it's like yep you know they uh they put that on. that's usually yeah. if they're if know, they're man. a grad transfer they'll definitely put that yeah i just know that you know Texas and Oklahoma moving is absolutely it's going to like it's going to cause like like this is I don't think anything has ever happened before. And this may sound like hyperbole, but and and I'm certainly no uh, college football historian. So so if if there's something else, you know, let me know. But in my lifetime, in my lifetime, uh, there's nothing else as seismic in college football as this. in, in terms of something that has the uh, the potential to abs- like just completely transform uh, the sport, um, th- this is it, man. Like that's you know you, you've got those two joining you know what is you know the the most powerful league um, football league in the country. Uh, it's it's probably gonna it, it's going to result in their the conference they leave behind 
dissolving or merging or being absorbed by or something, some other conference. Um, you, you know, it's, it's, it's a big deal. I don't, by the way, just on the record, I, I, I tend to think that the PAC 12, uh, benefits most from not expanding. Yeah. Um, I just, I just don't know what they gain from any of the big 12s leftovers. Um, it just, it does, just doesn't, I don't know, man, like, do you gain much by picking up Kansas state? Right. Like, you know, and Kansas is obviously trying Dude, to angle Kansas state is in toward Manhattan, the big 10, man. It's in Manhattan. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Imagine recruiting there. Um, you know, like Oklahoma state, like, 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 what are you, what are you gaining from that? Or Texas tech, right? Like, Oh, well now we're in Texas. No, you're not. I mean, you are, but you're not like, like you're in, you know, West, West Texas, right? Like that's not, that's not where you're trying to get eyeballs. That's those aren't the kids you're trying to recruit, right? Like you're, so do you add, do you add Houston? That's a tough sell in the PAC 12 because, you know, Houston's academic profile isn't the same as, uh, you know, the rest of the PAC 12. So I, I just, I don't, I, you know, it, I, I feel like at some point you're just adding teams to add teams. And I, you know, I think expanding to 12 has, has clearly worked. I think, you know, Colorado and Utah have both been great additions to the conference. And after that, I, you know, I don't know, man, I don't, I don't see anybody who, uh, you know, raise instantly either raises the profile of the conference or adds money. And when you're adding teams, you're putting more mouths at the table to feed, right? And and I just don't I, I just don't see where there's anybody out there. Even Kansas, by the way, like like yeah, Kansas is a great basketball school. I don't see how they, I don't see how that adds the kind of value to your conference you're looking for when you know football is is driving the bus. So I I I'd like to see him um, stand pat. I really think that the best option going forward, if they can you know, if they can swing this is try to come up with some kind of strategic partnership with the big 10. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think the big 10 is in a similar space. Like, I don't, I don't know that they benefit from adding anybody. Could they add Kansas? They could add Kansas, like, you know, and just have the big more 10 and probably benefit school, from but... retract, like contracting. At yeah. Point, contracting. Right? And by the way, I do. I also think that that's sort of the next step for the sec, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, when I start looking at some of the schools in the sec, I'm like, eh, you know, like how good are you feeling if you're Mississippi state, right? How good are you feeling if you're South Carolina, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, yep. uh, Vanderbilt, like, do you really fit? I don't know. Like, I mean, I know it's Nashville eyeballs and all that. So maybe that, you know, becomes the, the thing, you know, Missouri, which left the big 12 to join the sec. I mean, eh, you know, yeah. are they, are they really super excited to keep Missouri? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. So, I, I don't know. It's get like I said, it's going to be really interesting to see how it all shakes out. Um, but I, I think that that's kind of where it goes. Eventually we end up with, you know, a, a major conference with 20 or 25 or so prestige programs, everybody else sort of whittled down to a second tier. Um, and then, and then what's your group of five now is as sort of the third tier. And, um, you know, I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily bad for Wazoo. You know, I, I you know, we don't talk too much about money here, but you know, it's that sort of thing that could potentially rein in the, the incessant spending, you know, cause you're no longer trying to compete with Oregon and Washington and USC, at least not on a, a direct level. So, yeah. um, you know, maybe that's a thing that could actually help. And I, and you know, if we, we love our school, like 
I, I don't know. Like I try to imagine myself in that kind of scenario where you're in a conference with Utah, Cal, Oregon state, maybe, you know, Oklahoma state, Texas tech, et cetera, like all those kinds of schools. Um, and I'm trying to think like, is, is that the sort of thing that's going to make me feel like, like I don't want to follow the team anymore. Right. Cause Oh man, we're not, we don't have a chance to go to a Rose bowl, which we're not going to anyway soon because <laughs> the Rose bowl is not going to exist the way we know it anyway. But I think you catch my drift, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, you know, the biggest prize is no longer out there. Well, fuck we've, we've attained the biggest prize like twice in, you know, 70 years, right. Or 80 years. And so it's like, and we've never won a national championship and we're never going to win a national championship. And it's like, you know, could we still have a season like 2018, right? Without, you know, feeling like, you know, the CFP is the goal. Like, I just like, I'm like, that's not a realistic aspiration for us anyway. And so I don't, I, I'm not sure that if I'm in a conference like that, that I'm just going to feel like, oh man, this is it's a second rate conference. I don't want to follow the Cougs anymore. I mean, my affinity for the Cougs is deeper than, you know, it's deeper than that. Well, and I, and I, so, I mean, maybe if we drop down to like division two, II, division three, and we're like truly like not big time, then maybe that's different. But I, I, well, I kind I, of imagine I, that's like clear, and when, I don't think that's all that different. I tend to agree with you pretty much it, but I, I, cause I, like, like I said, like most WCU fans that went to WCU, but I will say this, like, and, and I, I know I'm not alone in this. When I was deciding where to go to school, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to an in-state school for tuition, and I want to go to one of the one of the major like one of the Pac-10 schools. And so I yeah. I applied to UW and WSU, and so yeah. that's that's where I went. And would there be you know a a, a twenty thirty version of Craig? that would like, who's, you know, 17 and thinking about schools would be like, well, like WSU doesn't play at the highest level. So I, that I, I want to go to UW because they play They're in the, they're in like the, the big time, you know, kind yeah. of, you know, so maybe, that's fair. maybe, I don't know, maybe you lose a few like, uh, applicants, I don't, I don't know. Like they obviously, we we've seen data on like when the football team does well, when the basketball team does well. We even talk about how this affects basketball. It's weird. But uh, if it also, basketball. Oh, excuse me. On the what burp. does that have to do with anything? But honestly, if it's like <laughs> the the one thing I uh, Sherwood said in our chat, like if this brings down college basketball, I'm gonna be pissed. Like, yeah. Like if you screw up college basketball, like just because of your little football school, like conferences, like that's going to be really annoying. Um, we've already seen like football has like messed up basketball in, in some ways, like destroyed some like pretty awesome conferences and stuff like that. But uh, it, yeah, please don't ruin college basketball. I like college basketball. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, uh, you, you might be right. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe it becomes a disadvantage for the school, you know, in terms of attracting students. I don't know. I, I guess I just would say like, I, I, I didn't pick like, does it, does it become less big time because you're not in, you know, a premier conference maybe, but I also feel like what's the point of being in a premier conference? Well, it's winning conference championships and maybe, 
playing in a Rose Bowl, playing in a playoff, whatever, right? It's like, well, well, and I think we, it's, I mean, there, there's also we don't really have realistic aspirations of that, but right now but anyway. I, but I think some of playing in the Premier Conference also means like that, uh, like incredible programs and athletes come to you to your school, like you get to watch. Like it was really cool when I was in WSU, even though they beat the hell out of us. Like watching the Reggie Bush, Matt Liner, like yes. USC. Yeah, that's true. Like that was like watching Reggie Bush in person was incredible, and like you know watching the Pac-10 basketball when I was in school, like the having Arizona come in and, and UCLA and 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 all that, like was like pretty cool. And, and yes. so there is some of that draw. Like it's not only about where your what your team can accomplish, but it's also about and we've seen like even like alums and when they buy tickets, like it's for, at WSU, it's long been more about the opponent than it's been about yeah. how WSU is doing. And so I, but don't you think you would still see some of that though? Like, I mean, Washington, let's say Washington joins whatever this sec conference becomes like, they're still going to need non-conference games. Yeah. Right? They're not going to play. Oh God. We still got to play. I mean, maybe, well, we maybe to, they will. I mean, maybe they will play. We have to choose. We have games, to but... choose to play the Apple cup then. Thank God. I know. Right. Oh, yeah, that would be miserable. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to choose misery now instead of being forced into it. Yeah. Although I, if you, I think if, I think if you absolutely spot on have, if you have us to, is paying us money to play that. Kind of yeah. Yeah. I, I do think you're, I do think you're right though. I mean, there, there definitely is, is a part of that, uh, being able to see, you know, big, big time teams and, um, you know, people have been talking right for years about, Oh, Wisconsin's coming, right? Like we, you know, that's, that's, uh, we, you know, we've been looking at that one for years. I'm mostly uh, more excited to go. Years, it might happen. I'm mostly more excited yeah. to go to Madison. Honestly. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's where it I'm should at. be a party. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't know, man. I don't know, but I think this is uh this is the first step in a toward a drastically drastically different college football within the next uh probably the next decade or so. Uh and it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting. It's going to be wild. All right. Well, we have uh, we haven't taken a break, so you're just going to insert one somewhere. Um, nah, we're not we're not taking it. We're not taking it. Yeah. So I ain't, ain't was, nobody at SB Nation listening to this thing and making sure we're taking breaks. There was a, there's a couple more topics I wanted to kind of rapid fire. One uh, where are you drink? Fast. What are you drinking? Uh, I drank coffee. Uh, in, in case that's not clear from from my, you know, rambling thoughts, uh, because I I actually had so I I made a brisket today, which was my first time smoking an entire Packer brisket. I had made a point before, and now after doing the Packer, I'm like, okay, I I get it. Progressing. Now. Um, yeah, yeah, I learned a lot, and you know, I, I studied and came up with a game plan, and I think I think it turned out pretty great. If people people want to know how it turned out, they can, I'm sure they can find the tweets on Twitter. I, I kind of did a because I did along with reading uh, Aaron Franklin's book, um, Franklin Barbecue, the guy with Franklin Barbecue mm-hmm. in Austin, uh, wrote a book uh, or or co-wrote a book, as it were, um, just kind of talking about smoking his briskets, and that's that's the thing that he obviously is most famous for. Um, and the book is, you know, largely about sort of his, the way that he smokes them, which is not the way that virtually anybody would smoke them at home because we almost none of us have the kind of smoker that he uses that, that just the type, the offset smoker, right? Where there's a wood box on the end. Most people don't do that anymore. Most people have Traegers or whatever. I have a pit barrel cooker, which is a, 
upright drum smoker. So anyway, long story short, uh, it turned out really well. And so I had a couple of, couple of loggers with it. And, and then I was like, uh, if I drink another lager, I will probably fall asleep. So, so I had some coffee instead. So there you go. Well, I have, uh, I, you know, I only drink the hype styles. So, um, I have a Hefeweizen. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, from, uh, old school. From Holy Mountain. They make a, they, it's always funny when, whenever they release this beer, they're like, everyone's been asking for it. We're, we made it for you. Everyone's been screaming for it to come back. Like, it's a joke, obviously. But, uh, it's, <laughs> it's called Pilgrimage, Bavarian style Hefeweizen. They do a really good job. When I'm looking for Hefeweizen, I want that banana flavor. I want that clove flavor. They knock it out of the park. Very well done. Excellent Hefeweizen. An underrated style, I think, and then a style that is under brewed as well. Like, it's very good. Like And, and better than, like, Pyramid Hef, when we got into it, but this is, like, a next level. Like, it's much better. Like, when I lived in Nash. That, Nash, that means the return is right around the corner, yeah. right? Yeah, so, but, but Holy Mountain and then. And then, uh, and then I finished it up with a, a holy light. Uh, they, their take on a premium American light lager, which is very good. Nice. Um, it's like, uh, just like a, a, a better version of bush light or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. pretty good. Uh, and I love it. Um, it's funny. I went to Holy Mountain good. where I've often waited in line for hours to buy, you know, all sorts of barrel aged stouts and sours and stuff. And I went there before the Sounders game on Sunday, and I left with a, a mixed case of Hefeweizen and light lager. And I'm like, I think my Love I think it. my tastes might be changing. Um, well, mine mine too. I mean, we've been you know we've talked about this. It's like you know, it's at some point like IPAs have just sort of they just sort of break your palate, man. <laughs> it's like yeah, you just kind of want something something lighter, especially and in the summer. Yesterday. Yeah. And so yesterday, actually, so today I made brisket yesterday. I made spare ribs because it's that time of the year. You know, I'm like, I'm home all day so I can smoke meat all day. And, uh, you know, so I had a, uh, city of dreams. It's like a kind of a hazy pale ale that uh, George George makes. It's really good. It's a great beer. I love it. And it's, it's, it's sessionable. It's like five and a half percent. Like it's a really good beer, but it's still very clearly, you know, a pale ale. And it's, you know, by the time I had my ribs, I was just kind of like, oh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. The flavor of my ribs is kind of weak. And Sarah's like, what are you talking about? Like, it's super strong. And I'm like, oh, I think maybe my beer kind of <laughs> kind of messed my palate up before I had my ribs, you know. And uh, so oh, today yeah. I, I made sure to have a lager. I went and I went to Safeway to find like a lager or Pilsner or something. And it's because Safeway was close. And it's just like I'm looking at the shelves and I'm like, there were like two decent lagers and everything else was IP. Like Rogers like the Pilsner they didn't even have Rogers. They had every other, they had, they, they had Meowza from Georgetown. Wow. Like they had like Surprising. every other Georgetown beer. They did not have Rogers. And I'm like, okay, so I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. I ended up with a Ziggy Zoggy from uh, silver city, which is fine. You know, crisp, refreshing. Uh, I would say the Fremont beer. golden Pilsner is like, a good grocery store lager. They didn't, did not have wow. that at Safeway. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was just like, I'm like looking up and down the, the, the beer, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, man, they had nothing. They had a lager from Rogue, which I was like, yeah. eh, you know, <laughs> didn't really want to go there. Kind of over that. And, and so, like I said, it just was – it just and then they had uh, Deschutes, their Deschutes, they had that, and I was like, eh, you know. So I'd rather support Silver City and, and buy their beer. So that's what I did, and it was perfectly fine for an 88-degree day 
in Washington while eating brisket. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. What else? Uh, so we, we got, wrap this um, up? I, I don't really want to talk about NIL. We can talk about it later, but especially as we see more yeah. of it come. But funniest thing I saw, yeah. you know, immediately when they announced this, I was like, Max Borgie's going to be big on Cameo. Max Borgie yep. is on Cameo, and Max Borgie says he is. Yes, he is. He is putting 100% of the proceeds back into his offensive line so he can buy them dinners. I love that. Which is awesome. Max Borgie, $70 on Cameo. Hell of a deal. Um, I foresee. Hopefully he's keeping some I taxes. For, I foresee myself buying a Max Borgie Cameo for someone, at least one person, this fall. Um, <laughs> and I am open to having them bought for me as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I love Cameo is, is one thing that I think is fun as hell. Um, I my uh partner got my sister um a sonia morgan from real housewives of new york to tell her oh that's awesome to do her gender reveal her baby reveal uh and it was my sister loved it it was so funny um and I, i think cameo is hilarious uh and i i hope that max i mean 70 bucks like he gets a couple of them he can take Take the offensive line out for dinner, and then uh, so yeah. So support your yeah. local offensive line. Buy a cameo from Max yeah. Borgie. Um, Absolutely. I thought it was funny. He showed the one that apparently John Bledsoe's mom bought for him, and then he's like, "I, ho- I know I ho- that was hilarious. I hope to meet you someday." And all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Because they were teammates. That's the joke. That's the joke, guys. That's that's the joke. The joke. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's cool. And, um, I'm really curious to see, you know, how it kind of shakes out with, uh, you know, as the market sort of figures it out. Right. Cause there were a lot of very splashy deals right off mm-hmm. the top. Right. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's going to be, I think more of these, these smaller deals that, that kind of, uh, that kind of determine how, how this is going to work. So, yeah, I've seen, yeah. I've seen a couple like, uh, like, um, one of the women's basketball players, not even one of the, the famous ones. I can't, I can't. Um, Michaela. No, I can't remember which one now. Um, does she already had like a little partnership with someone and she only had like a few hundred Twitter followers. I was like, that's pretty interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, kook fans already done a couple things. They've got, you know, Dallas Hobbs is writing a column and, um, I think we could you know, maybe Calvin Jackson's got a podcast. Like we could maybe, you know, that's awesome. Get, get, get someone in on a shirt, get on a, get breaking tea involved. We, we could get a, a player shirt, you know, cause I, we, 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 uh, maybe we could like retroactively get Gardner Minshew. In. <laughs> if only, if only <laughs> this existed for, for Gardner yeah. Minshew, he would have made yeah. so much money. His year in Pullman, so much just, bank, just like so much bank, a crazy amount of money. Um, yeah, uh, basketball, oh. basketball, the roster is now pretty much set, set, uh, because we haven't podcast since he left, but so Vova is yeah. transferring Vova, Mark oh. Abetsky, uh, just, uh, just a fan favorite, um, had yeah. his limitations, but was just a fun, fun, unique player. 
And yeah, and as as a big bear, as John Andershek said um, on our podcast before, just one of the better, just a fantastic rim protector, if not a shot blocker, but just a, a someone that scared teams from uh, attacking the rim. But obviously, we talk about you know he's yep. he had he couldn't like he he kind of had to be selectively deployed and all that, so he, he wasn't like what well, wasn't like always useful, but he was just fun as hell to watch. Um, yeah. just, uh, just, uh, it's always fun having a big dude like that. Um, Vova dunks, Vova hook shots, Vova rebounds, Vova blocks. I will miss them all. I won't. Vova slams. Vova slams. I'll miss, I'll miss type. Vova pass, Vova charge. I, I'll miss typing that out in all caps. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do without it. Um, yeah, I just, uh, yeah. So, um, he hasn't landed anywhere yet, right? No, and I think that uh, you know he's going to be really useful for someone in a in a mid major, right? One hundred percent. You know, I mean, it's you know being big is is value. You know, and you don't have to guard. You know, the biggest issue is when he's on when he was on the floor, we had to go zone. Yeah, like that. That was just like because he could not. You know, as soon as as soon as he came on the floor, if they were not zoning, he was going to get stuck in pick and rolls trying to defend those, and he just his feet just were not good enough for that at a pack 12 level. Yep. Right. So at a lower, lower conference, you know, you're not guarding the same kind of athletes. And so, um, you know, not quite as, not quite as challenging to, to play defense, um, you know, as, as sort of a slow footed, uh, seven footer. So, um, yeah, I, wherever he goes, I'll be completely rooting for him. Um, I'm, I'm bummed out that he, they had transferred. It always made sense that he'd be one of the guys to go, yep. Um, you know, when we had talked, uh, I, I can't remember if we talked about it on the podcast, I know we talked about it privately. And when we talked, it was like, you know, we, we speculate on which guys sort of make the most sense. Vova was, was always one of them. And then that became even more so once, you know, Muhammad gay comes into the fold. It's like, yeah, I mean, what, you know, you've got three, seven footers, three athletic seven footers or six eleven guys anyway. Uh, you know, there just there just aren't any, there just aren't going to be any minutes yeah. for him beyond the fact that um he doesn't really fit from a from a Pac-12 level. So, best of luck to him, man. Where like I said, wherever he lands, I will be I will I will follow him with interest and and hope that he uh hope that he's awesome. I really hope that he's because he seems like a good kid. You know, he works super hard, changes body quite a bit in that one year. He was you know a year and a half yep. he was with us. Um, you know, really added some muscle and. You know, so yeah, I I hope I hope he I hope he kills it wherever he goes for sure. Just like just like all the guys who leave, yeah. Wish no ill will on any of them. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Well, we, okay. we did it. We recorded an episode. We did it. We did it. Um, you're welcome, everyone. Uh, yeah. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the Craig Powers. If you want to follow Jeff. He's at pod vs everyone. If you want to email us questions, comments, um, tell Jeff that he's an embarrassment. That is podcast vs everyone at gmail.com. <laughs> um, but I mostly read those emails. So if you say that, if you send you're an embarrassment, it probably all see it and then all think I'm an embarrassment and I will not take that very well so please don't do that. <laughs> um yeah so I, I guess that's that's it that's all uh that is go it. kooks yeah 
Craig. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Get vaccinated.